Greetings everyone, this is Shinblade, host of Shy Lounge, otherwise they call me the Sensational One, they call me the Shihando, they call me the Shinzen, well, nobody calls me that, um, Shinzen is kind of a new name that I've uh, been going around within myself, but you know, maybe some other people call me the Shindig, uh, like my old friend Alexis uh, from Virginia would call me, and I have another episode to give to you. And man, I'm I'm exhausted right now. I just came back from NYC. I had a very eventful weekend. I uh, had another tier one wrestling event, which I have to address a little controversy later on. Uh, pretty much after I just uh, let you know what, what else has happened. Um, I attended... I attended a uh, Evolve event, my first one, Evolve 67 in Brooklyn, New York, uh, the same place where uh, usually the Tier 1 wrestling events happen, and man, it was a packed crowd. It was something else. I, I, I'm falling in love with Tier 1 wrestling as it is. Um, you know, shout out to Gabe Sapolsky and Trevin Adams, who I, who I met for the first time also. Gabe is a very, very nice guy. Trevin, a very nice guy. And, uh... It was just such an intense wrestling show. And for those who have been to an Evolve wrestling event, you know what I'm talking about. It is a dedicated audience. There's also a uh, non-PG audience as well. You know, some of the chants I can't say to uh, on this show because, you know, I got kids listening, even though my uh, guests do curse. It was also the uh, second show for uh, former WWE superstar Cody Rhodes, who I actually uh, had the honor of meeting. He very very great guy um loves zelda by the way if anybody doesn't know if you haven't seen him in wwe his uh tights would feature like zelda or some kind of video game material um i i saw again ec3 drew galloway uh it was joey styles first uh outing ever since being released from wwe and with joey styles to me he is one of the realest guys that you ever meet or ever hear about um, very vocal, uh, and also the story about a long time ago where he knocked out, uh, WWE commentator JBL, who was a wrestler at the time, which, uh, a lot of people vouch for him and say that's the actual true story. And, you know, I honestly have to believe him. So anyway, that show was before the NXT show, the NXT takeover Brooklyn two at the Barclays center, uh, you know, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I didn't go to that. I wanted to, but um, I decided to go to my friend Evan Ginsberg's house in Queens and watch the show. I was a little late, but I caught up with the uh, I caught up with the glorious and the crowd popping to that song. And not to mention, uh, I finally met a friend of mine who I have known only online, and he's a uh, rapper. Well, I wouldn't say rapper. He's a hip hop artist, uh, Montezzi Moore who uh, did the Roman Reigns theme and the John Cena uh, theme, which Roman Reigns approved. It's, it's been proven. Uh, met up with him, and, you know, he took a selfie of us. I kind of reposted it on my Instagram. So if you go to Sensational uh, One on Instagram, you can check it out. But, um, you know, he went to the show, and he told me how live the crowd was. And also, he did a uh, pre-show with WrestleZone Justin Labar, uh, you know, answering questions. So I, I give him a lot of uh, uh, praise and big ups to him. He creates a lot of theme songs for many wrestlers and uh, 
also many uh, figures in the world of media and wrestling. Maybe uh, Shinblade could get a, a small thing from Montezzi if he can make a thing for Shinblade. I mean, I like mine, but you know, DJ Z, uh, aka Salim, aka uh, Zima Ion, uh, he, he made that uh, theme and you know, I just used it for my thing. I like it and it kind of got that hip hop boom bat feel. It makes people feel comfortable. A lot of people say that they like uh, Shinblade's theme. And I just say, you're welcome. But, you know, I think maybe for a 2017 theme, I can go with something new. Just change it up for a bit. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, also, I did uh, go to Long Island for Legends TV with Evan Ginsberg. But, unfortunately, uh, the lights were out. It was dark. So, um, we couldn't do the show. I was supposed to be with uh, my friend Randy Ungar from uh, Ungar, Ungar the Radar uh, and his uh, co-host Erica A. talking about the latest movie, The Suicide Squad. I'm not going to say anything about that movie, um, really, until you know I go back on Legends TV, which is this week, uh, the same day as the uh, Field of Honor show that's happening in Brooklyn. So we, uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. And if not, then I'll give you uh, a review of that in due time. Uh, meanwhile, I had to come back to Baltimore for the uh, SummerSlam because I was throwing a SummerSlam party at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, uh, which that went off without a hitch. It was a packed house, uh, you know, a, a big crowd. And, you know, uh, I was up there taking pictures with people, you know, shaking hands, introducing people to uh, Shinblade and Shy Lounge, giving cards out. You know, the usual uh, networking uh, thing that you have to do whenever you're a small brand trying to be on a come up. Uh, to me, Jimmy Seafood is a great place for sports, especially wrestling. Um, for those Baltimoreans who like the Orioles, the Ravens, um, you know, maybe even the, the Wizards because there used to be the Baltimore Bullets. Uh, yes, Jimmy Seafood is the place to be, which also is sponsoring this episode because... My guest on this episode is none other than Mr. Jo Johnny Crabcakes himself, John Metadakis. You know, we reviewed SummerSlam together, excuse me. And uh, we'll talk about his involvement in the wrestling, uh, what inspires him to like wrestling, and how he got involved with it. Because in June, he had a match against, uh, well, I wouldn't say against, it was more like a 4 and 4 It was uh, Dixon Line and King Rhyme McBride versus... Uh, Johnny Crab Cakes, Damian Sandow, Colt Cabana, and Bruiser, which uh, is, is a very great story that he's going to tell. Um, he got into the ring. Uh, he's known uh, the guys at MCW for a while, so he said, you know what, why don't I do this, get in the ring, and actually show my mettle and show my athleticism towards these uh, wrestlers and not be some guy who's going to stand on the apron and just catch the pinfall of, of the match. So... I applaud him. I want people to listen to this story. And when we talk about other things in wrestling, he has a great knowledge of, of wrestling as a fan. He's not IWC material. He doesn't whine about everything. He just he's he just sounds like a guy that just uh knows his stuff, you know? Like I said, just check out the interview. But before I get to the music uh our musical guest, I wanna um Talk about an issue that happened in New York over the weekend. At Tier 1 Wrestling, 
there was a situation that, uh, or I wouldn't say situation, there was an intergender match that never happened or was stopped because of one of the uh, commissioners from the New York State Athletic Commission stopped the match because they said the girl, the female was un not deemed to match up against the male competitor, uh, which, if uh, for those who don't know, it was Bonesaw Jesse Brooks versus Mark House, if I said that right. So, this match was stopped. It was a lot of angry people in the crowd. It was a lot of expletives uh, thrown at them by the adults and also children that thrown them curse words, too. I couldn't even believe it myself. I was in shock because of the match was over and bigger shock that the kids were cursing. So... You know, we had to let that one go. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a rule in the New York uh, State Athletic Commission uh, rule book saying about wrestling. It was really about boxing, that a female boxer couldn't face off against a male boxer. So uh, New York Athlet State Athletic Commission messed up. Um, you know, the referee was threatened to be suspended, which I don't think he should for voicing his opinion which uh, this is the United States of America, so voicing your opinion should not be deemed to uh, be suspended, fired, or even fined, you know, unless, like, you uh, voice yourself in a way that involves the physical nature. But anyway, I have an interview on my uh, Facebook page, Facebook with the at symbol, Official Shinblade, or I think it's Facebook.com slash Official Shinblade. So uh, you might want to check that one. I uh, It's been making the rounds. Also, I want to give a uh, special shout out to Brian Ravello of NY Sports Scene. He covered the story. and He got uh, a lot of comments, a lot of details. I even did it myself and it's been on Angry Marks and a couple other sites. Um, but his story is a lot more detailed. And what I did was I just took his videos and placed it up there. The match stopping and the uh, standing ovation that jesse got because that match ended up being the main event since the uh new york state athletic commission pulled a mulligan so they put that match uh at the end jesse ended up winning standing ovation you know the locker room came out and uh beat on the ring you know kind of give a beat and De and mr darius carter shook her hand in the ring and left in uh, typical kayfabe fashion which i'm a fan of darius carter um so with that I did a exclusive interview in the uh, in the back with with all with all parties involved. Mark Haas, uh, his manager and friend, uh, Mr. Jackson Smart, uh, Jesse Bonesaw Brooks, and a and a referee Chris Levin, who is also a promoter for uh, Valk Valkyrie Women's Wrestling in New York. Uh, it's it's a lot of facts and also some uh, some gems being laid down. So if you can, please go on my Facebook page, check that interview out, uh, let me know what you think, uh, comment below, either that, or you can email me at shin.blade.808 at gmail.com. The same thing goes if you are a uh, musical artist and you want to send me a beat, hip-hop, uh, rap, as long as it's respectful, as long as the kids can listen to it, send it to shin.blade.808 at gmail.com. Also, I forgot to give you my Twitter, which is Shinsational One, S H I N S A T I O N A L O N E. Same thing with Instagram, S H I N S A T I O N A L O N E. Sounds like a song that I just did. Um, wow, maybe maybe I can make a song, you know. Uh, 
More spelling than fabulous. No? Okay. Well, anyway, the the musical guest I have here was somebody who uh, apparently, I don't know how to say this, but they spammed my uh, tweet that I tweeted to the uh, cast members of The Get Down, uh, a, a great show on Netflix that just came out about the start of hip-hop through a fictional uh a fictional story even though there's some figures in there that actually existed in real life like Grandmaster Flash and um, I I tweeted the uh, I tweeted the people you know kind of like reach out to say like I would like to interview you guys and this guy gave me a song which is called All I Know by the name Lou Bills I, I listened to the song it sounds like a little bit of uh a little reggae action, maybe a Caribbean, you know, coming from the voice. Caribbean mixed with hip-hop. I don't know what to make of it, but um, I don't want to sound insulting, but the spamming or, you know, kind of copy and pasting on everybody's tweets. Not good, but I heard it and I said, well, what the hell, I'll do it. So, um, he's from from the Bronx, New York, since we're going to talk about New York and repping New York almost all the way. So, it's by Lou Bills. It's called All I Know. If you want to catch Lou Bills, catch him on Twitter at L-U-B-I-L-L-Z-1. And on SoundCloud, just catch him at Lou Bills. So, before we get to uh, Johnny Crab Cakes, a.k.a. John Mitadakis, I will give you All I Know by Lou Bills. Focus, I'm good with the beamer. You can keep your lotus. For let's see that cassette, you already know this. If you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you're going. All I know is, I gotta stay focused. I'm good with the beamer. You, you can keep your lotus. For let's see that cassette, you, you already know this. If you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you're going. Truth be told, don't believe the lies that are on a TV. God, God can make the devil disappear like a genie. Out here praising the Lord, yeah, you see me. Oh my God, it ain't easy. Five, five days a week, nine to five. When I get my paycheck, never felt so alive. Can't wait to perform live. On a rolling success, so I strive. Ma- made something out of nothing, I'm a guy. I would have avoided all the drama if I just listened to my mama. We are not all perfect. Please forgive. It is worth it. A grudge, it is not good to hold it. I count my money in my hand and I fold it. We all done things that are stupid. I'm in love with success, but not shot by Cupid. When I make a song, at times I loop it. I work hard. If I don't have a car, I'll droop it. You said you want a good life, then prove it. All I know is, I gotta stay focused, I'm good with the beamer, you, you can keep me lotus, for let's see that cassette, you already know this, if you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you going, all I know is, I gotta stay focused, I'm good with the beamer, you can keep me lotus, for let's see that cassette, you already know this, if you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you I going, I got crumbs with a bum, that steak with a snake, will you say your soul to the devil, there is no escape, the Holy Spirit sticks to me like a when I accomplish my goals, I feel like Superman with no cape. Don't just sit in there doing that and letting time fly. It's good versus evil. Success with our allies. Some situations may confuse guys into thinking they are not wise. But I can see the potential with both eyes. Gotta believe in yourself. Come on, guys. In the future, you'll be left on the sideline. 
like fries. Everybody can rise at levels. If you recall, you'll shine like metal. Style got several, not at the juice. Keep the bezel. When times get rough, you wanna quit. That's the devil trying to keep you down. If you let him get the best of you, you will drown. My boss is uncut, pound for pound. When you go for your go, never slow down. God save my life, so I won't be six feet under the ground. All I know is I gotta stay focused. I'm good with the beamer. You, you can keep me loaded. For less you never said though, you already know this. If you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you going. All, all I know is I gotta stay focused. I'm good with the beamer. You can keep your loaded. For less you never said though, you already know this. If you don't know where you at, then you don't know where you going. Alright, I'm here in uh, Jimmy Seafood, which is a wonderful place with, uh, how do I say it is, uh, Johnny Crab Cakes, uh, aka John Medidakis. I think it's the other way around. John Medidakis. was the real name first, and then you get the name. <laughs> John Medidakis, aka Johnny uh, Crab Cakes of Baltimore, Maryland. How you feeling today? I'm great, man. I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. I'm just a little bummed out. I mean, honestly, I told the fans that uh, this is a remake because uh, the audio was bad. Thanks to Holy Foley, the uh, show that they were playing on the air. Yeah, I heard it was good, though. The show? Yeah. Honestly, I didn't like it until the, the part, which is spoiler alert, of the first episode where Dewey comes to Mick about being a writer. And Mick just tears him down saying that uh, <laughs> writing is hard and it's very difficult because I write. Sure. And sometimes writing can lead you to madness. And but really, um, SummerSlam 2016, you know, it, it's in the books right now, and it was just like, it was like take it or leave it though. It was a zigzag puzzle, lack of direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started out hot with Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy uh, doing the Biggie tribute, and um, I was amazed that the Barclays Center uh, quoted lines from Juicy with him. Yeah, and then they uh, proceeded to do the job at home, which is uh, Brett Hedgebrecher. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I mean, as long as I believed in the match. I like I like Jericho. He's one of my favorites. All four guys were great workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to be upset with any outcome in that one. Uh, yeah, I met, him. I met Jericho, and uh, we're both Scorpios, so we got along the light. And then, um, you know, it got progressively... Um, it progressed a little bit. Like, to be AJ Styles and Cena was the best match of the night. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. And uh, the Apex. And a lot of people still say Cena sucks, and... They, a lot of fans can't give me the reason why I seen the suck. I think at this point, as a wrestling fan, you just uh, you're programmed to say it, even though you don't believe it. You know, it's 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 kind of like uh, when Kurt Angle used to come out, people would you know say you suck. I think it's just fun at this point to say you know John Cena sucks. So uh, you know, next one on that list is unfortunately going to be Roman Reigns. The poor guy's going to be buried you know via the internet community in terms of not being able to wrestle. Even though um, I think he puts on you know great physical style matches. I think you're late on that one because that's been going on since he won the Royal Rumble. What I mean is it's going to be following him for the rest of his career. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I like to beat up John Cena hashtag. That's great. Yeah, you, you know it's, it's corny, but it's funny. With it. Yeah, yeah. It gives a little humor to the serious characters. Oh yeah, but to me the greatest thing right now is broken Matt Hardy. That's the best thing in the last <laughs> ten years, man. The brother Nero and uh, Delete. Delete, delete line. To get, uh, I mean, first of all, obviously you saw that it started a chain on Raw, which speaks for itself, but, you know, for this guy to totally reinvent himself in, you know, Jericho-style fashion mm -hmm. with probably a tenth of the market, I mean, you really got to tip your hat to him. Yeah. I mean, um, to me, Matt has always been in Jeff's shadow for years, and then he just comes out with this, and 
Um, at first, it was a train wreck for all of us because the TNA production, they, they didn't do it that great, but when you saw Into the Character, and personally, I didn't like the final deletion match. I thought it was the greatest thing I've seen in five years. I, th I thought it was, well, it was good as far as the match, but it was too many camera cuts. Like I was, I, I was on the floor laughing, man. I, what? I, I thought it was the, the, the most innovative and hilarious thing that I've seen in five years in wrestling. What, the oh shit chance with uh, Jeff Hardy and the Roman Candles? Yeah, uh, when Hardy, you know, shooting the projectiles at each other. I said, this is great. You know, <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, the one thing that, you know, they say is that you do insanity is when you do the same thing every day and expect different results. So, obviously, you know, TNA's been struggling. They, 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 they gave it a shot. And, you know, look, look what you have now. You had WWE copying it with a bunch of their top stars. So, it's working. The internet community's talking about it. Wrestling fans are talking about it. You're seeing the Senior Benjamin shirts. I mean, it worked. I did, and I saw the uh, Brother Nero little Finding Nemo type uh, meme. Yeah, it's great. I hope they put that on the shirt. I, I would actually buy that. I wouldn't wear it, but I would buy it. I can't ever look at a delete button the same, put it that way. <laughs> so you do the accent also when you say delete. 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 Right. He's got it down to an art, man. He's, he's just, uh, like I said, you got to really tip your hat to that guy. He's worked hard on his craft for you know decades at this point. Mm -hmm. And to be able to get the internet buzzing and to get the wrestling community buzzing this late, you know, in the twilight of his career, the guy knows what he's doing. Well, I want to ask you this, and my, I might hit you in the chest with this one, but what about the, uh, going back to SummerSlam, what about Sasha Banks and Charlotte? Uh, you know, apparently there was some politics behind that one because you know uh, the Vegas odds came crashing down hard on Charlotte right before the match. So really, oh yeah. So uh, I didn't look into that. Yeah. So, so you know, so whether it be an injury or an upcoming suspension, uh, you know, I think most people knew the outcome of that match, and I'm I'm totally okay with that under these premise. Uh, if they're going to come out with this new title and debut it at, at WrestleMania. I think it's totally fine to just give this title to somebody and let them hold on to it for an extended period of time, just like Bruno you know, San Martino used to do, uh, just like you know CM Punk did, and really give a lot of credibility to this brand new title, so that when there is a title change, you know, as it was in the 80s and 90s, it's a huge deal for that title to change hands. It's not like uh, the Attitude Era when the belt was changing hands, you know, seemingly every week on Raw. Yeah, I, I actually do uh, enjoy that. Um, are you ready for um, Punk's fight on the 10th in September? If it happens, man, I, I won't believe it until I see it. I mean, with that guy, I I'm won't believe it until I see it. I'm actually watching a documentary right now uh, that they have for the series on ESPN. But, um, I mean, honestly, with SummerSlam, the uh, Finn Balor match, I thought it was great. And I think uh, a lot of excitement was sucked out of the crowd not only the, uh, with, the, with Finn Balor's injury the next night, but the title itself, the Universal title. I mean, it looked like Eva yeah, Marie you know, designed it. It seems like the Universe, or whatever they're calling them these days, decided to hijack the show and went into business for themselves. And that's really a shame because I'm, I'm, I've been to the belief that the title don't make the man, the man makes the title. So That's true. You know, pay a little more attention to these two guys that you've been crying and, and bitching about for years, not getting their shot. Mm -hmm. They're headlining the second biggest event of the year. They're going to leave it all out there. You know they're going to leave it all out there. Great entrance by both guys. Great outfits by both guys. Phenomenal wrestling match. You know, and, and these, you know, couple thousand, you know, jerks decided to go into business themselves. It's a shame. And then also, um, I made a post about uh, people blaming Seth Rollins for uh, Balor's injury. And you could, I could put a little bit of blame on it, but he just came down hard on him and said, like, he doesn't deserve to wrestle anymore. He did sting that way. And there was a friend of mine that you got on because uh, he posted on my personal Facebook, and he said he was one of the guys that said that. Yeah, he and said. He just kept uh, making you laugh. He also went on to say that uh, yeah, Seth couldn't work the mic, and you know, Seth's laugh alone is better than half the roster's mic work in general. So, 
strongly disagree with the guy there in terms of him not being a safe worker. Let's be honest, he would have made he would not have made it to this point in his career if he was an unsafe worker. You know, the top talents would have refused to work with the guy if he mm-hmm. was not a safe worker. At the end of the day, Sting was at the twilight of his career, had no business in that ring, definitely shouldn't have taken that bump. And Balor did extend his arm. So I saw that video. It's, 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 it's not Rollins' fault. It's part of the job. You know what you're getting into. It's just like these NFL players that are suing the league now with their concussions. You know what you're getting into when you step into that ring. The same way these NFL players know what they're getting into stepping onto that football field every Sunday. Yeah, and um, I, I thought, it was, like I said, I thought it was a great match. It was sad to see Ballard go after one day, um, but that's the business itself. And then after that, um, you know, I, I seen you pop, and there was a couple of guys around you that was waiting for the next match, which never. Uh, uh, really happened, and that was Rusev versus Reigns. I mean, you're you're a Rusev guy. Yeah, yeah, I love Rusev and the way he's been able to uh, build himself back up, mm-hmm. seemingly uh, on his own ever since he got buried uh, following his loss to Cena, uh, then getting stuck into uh, the League of Shadows or the League of Nations, whatever they were calling themselves. You thought that was a burial point? Oh, definitely. You know, great individual talents, but they just never clicked. Uh, you know, everybody knew Wade Barrett was on his way out, so you knew that guy was going to do the job every time they were in the ring. He was one of my favorites. Absolutely. I think Del Rio has been lost ever since he got back without his mouthpiece. Well, personally, with Del Rio, I think he should go back to the uh, aristocrat gimmick with the suits. And, but he needs the mouthpiece. He needs Ricardo. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Need, oh, he's a good guy, too. Yeah, great. So, I mean, you need, you need Ricardo out there, and, and you have tremendous potential with those four guys. You know, you got a brawler in Barrett. you got the brute. And, and Rusev with you know the beautiful lady next to him. You got the aristocrat, and then you got Sheamus. I mean, it's, it's a it's a great concept. But then when they're jobbing out four on one to Roman Reigns, you're, you're burying them. Well, honestly, with uh, Lana, she's a very beautiful woman. She's married. I, I think they uh, watered down her role, you know, a little bit because she used to she used to speak and everybody just booed her. Right. Like completely. But now, I mean, I was joking on her saying it's she hard was, to get ten thousand men to boo that that beauty right there. That's that's. The problem at the end of the day. Well, I like the heat. It is. If she starts using some underhanded tactics uh, the way Maurice does, I think you'll get that heat back on her. But uh, I think WWE is marketing her more as like you know the top uh, eye candy right now. So they don't want to get too much heat on her at the same time. That and her diaper that she was wearing the, the, yeah. under the thing, I thought was funny. You know, what, if you look at you know what we talk about you know before we started talking here on camera is. The two top heels, in my opinion, in tapes. (laughs) The two top heels right now in the company, in my opinion, besides Jericho, are Rusev and The Miz. And the one thing that the two of them do have in common is, besides the titles they hold, they have the female mouthpiece, they have the female manager. And that goes back to the 80s and the 90s, to the way things should be, you know. When a guy's walking down with a beautiful lady next to him, it's natural inclination for you to hate the guy. Mm -hmm. Man, he's got the beautiful girl. Sensational Sherry also. He's got the title. He's telling me I'm nobody. I hate this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, honestly, not to get on your personal life, Johnny, but uh, I'm, I'm envious of you when I see you on Instagram and <laughs> you're on the beach and chilling out, and I'm like, I can never be that guy. <laughs> I mean, anybody can be it. He's got to work. Yeah, but um, the last match, you know, I think personally it was like a half half work and half shoot, you know, you know the way Randy was busted with Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but after seeing that Miz interview yesterday, I'm starting to think that. Oh, that was lovely. Great. But the first thing you wake up to today is when because many people, you know, unfortunately don't watch the show, is was it real or was it fake? Yeah. The same way on, like on Sunday, people wanted to know is the Brock Lesnar thing real or is it fake? And I think and I hope that WWE is finally wisening up and using the internet after all these years finally to their advantage and get these fans to wonder 
is that supposed to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I guess people talking, and there were a lot of shares, and, uh, you know, the, the Miz thing got a lot of uh, got play today, and then a lot of mainstream outlets picked up the Brock Lesnar bit. Nobody knew if it was scripted or not. So, at the end of the day, the one thing Vince loves is mainstream publicity, and he's getting a ton of it right now. I had family call me on that one. It was like, what? What? Yeah. Blood in the ring me all too. over? You know, all, all the customers here know that I'm a huge wrestling fan, and, you know, they're stopping me seemingly hourly asking me, Hey, uh, what? You know, the Brock Lesnar? Uh, did he really hit that guy? Yeah, you know. He he bled. He got. Do- I said it uh, a couple days ago. He got doomsday elbows. Like those things are sharp. Yeah, man. Uh, he needs to ban those things or shave the bones I'll let, down. I was somebody put me through a table before I take one of those. I don't think I want to stand in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Period. I've had, honest to God, I've had nightmares of being locked in the cage with that guy. <laughs> Can you imagine this, that door closing behind you and looking across the ring and seeing three hundred pounds of beast staring down your neck? Roy's or no Roy's? And you can't... It doesn't matter with that guy. <laughs> you know, the, the wrestling background really legitimizes him. Well, personally, I'm not afraid of... I mean, I, with him and getting popped in UFC, I'm not afraid of him. Like with the Roy's, I just know that i seen the videos when he was on the farm and lifting all that stuff. So yeah. I'm a, so that in would scare opinion, me personally. Yeah, not all the guys, but a majority of the guys in WWE and UFC are on Roy's. And it's just a matter of getting caught or not. And, well, I, and I'm personally, I'm totally okay with that because I'm not looking at these guys as role models. I'm looking at these guys as entertainers. Well, let me say that again. I wouldn't say Roy's, but they get that substance that WWE doesn't like him and ban. There's something there that shouldn't yeah. be taken. Yeah. But, um, you know, you stepped in the ring yourself in June for MCW, and I enjoyed the promos by uh, Dixon Line. And, you know, I, I was worried a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they're great. They're great, man. They're extremely underrated. And uh, they're all young guys, so I think in the next two or three years, especially with the brand split, you'll see at least, I think, one of them you know, make it to the big time. And probably all three of them will end up in Ring of Honor, in my opinion. I think, personally, Ken Dixon would be a nice fit. He's a great deal, uh, man. Like, WWE. He's, uh, he's a great character, and he lives the character, which, as we talked about with Matt Hardy earlier, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the entire battle right there. When you're just a, a guy that shows up and collects a paycheck and does that character for a couple hours a week, you're not going to make it. When you live that character and that's who you are, all the respect in the world to you, man. Well, that's called method acting, which um, I used to be an actor. I still act if somebody asked me to. And when you just go through it, just like, uh, remember that movie Tropic Thunder with Robert sure. Downey Jr.? He just, he His character doused himself to be black and just lived uh, 24-7 with a fake afro and darkened skin. Yeah, same sort of thing with the... Uh, Pretty much every actor has ever played the Joker, and they go through the same exact thing on set. What's your favorite Joker? Uh, well, I haven't seen the latest one yet. Okay. To this point, it's been Heath Ledger. Well, I put Heath Ledger to the side because, um, you know, he passed away, and he earned an Oscar for it. I, I think he's better than Jack Nicholson. Sure. But uh, Jared Leto, I actually liked him. So I read today that he, he would not be, he refused to acknowledge anybody on set unless they called him Mr. J, which goes into what we talked about earlier with the method act. And he also sent disgusting presents to everybody on set. It's great. Like, as, as a joker. Yeah, you got to live it, man. And, you know, Ken Dixon lives it. Matt Hardy lives it. And that's why these guys are, you know, making a name for themselves. And that's why they have wrestling fans talking about them. But um, you, how long did you train before you get in the ring? Uh, I trained about three months. Okay. So, uh, Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the one thing I, I can say about that is I probably would never do it again, and I honestly don't know how people can do that for a living. Because I've, I've probably played every sport there is. Mm-hmm. I've been working out 
you know, my entire adult life, and it's just a different kind of sword. You're never ready for it. Um, and I've, I've done some light boxing, I've done some light MMA, and my body was much more sore. You know, you're never ready to hit that mat. You're never ready to, you know, hit those ropes. You're never met ready to, you know, go off the top rope and, you know, be at the mercy of your quote-unquote opponent. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot of trust. It's an art form, and it's not for everybody, man. It's just uh, I have so much respect for those guys. And uh, after, like, the first week of training, you know, I had some doubts about if I you know, wanted to go through with it because I had so much, not because I'm not tough enough, but because I had so much respect for those guys watching them set up, and, you know, the ring, uh, hang the banners, oh, sweep yeah. the floors, and I don't want to be the guy that just you know comes in, gets the glory, and rolls out. So I wanted to make sure that uh, I did take the bumps, uh, that I did help those guys promote their you know their show as much as possible. That's uh, even the hard work in itself to promote. Yeah, I mean, especially in this day and age, there, there's so many uh, distractions out there, you know. So I, I try to pull every flavor, I, I mean, favor, excuse me, that I could. Um, you know, I asked Tori to help me promote it for them, and he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he even showed up at the show. And you know, Tory, they, Tory Smith, the yeah. uh, former Ravens quarter uh, wide receiver. I'm about to say quarterback. That's Joe Flacco. So uh, he helped them. Uh, you know, make it to TMZ and it got MCW a lot of publicity. Which I didn't see it on TMZ. Yeah, on TMZ Sports uh, when he hit. You know, so we called in Justin Schlegel, of course, from '98 Rock. Okay. So we called in Jason Lacafora. So uh, every every favor that we could call in. You know, we pretty much exhausted every avenue we could because I had so much respect for those guys. And, you know, seeing them train every Tuesday and Thursday for three, four, and five hours. And uh, some of these guys are driving an hour or two hours, not for a match, but just to practice. Yeah. Getting stuck in traffic, coming from Virginia or Pennsylvania. And, you know, it just, uh, it just, it really made me respect not only what those guys do in MCW, but guys at you know, the next level at WWE do. When you're on the road 300 days a year, it, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, how do they stay in such great shape? How do they, you know, find a gym? If you're in Baltimore today, you gotta go to Redding, Pennsylvania tomorrow. The day after that, you're in Pittsburgh. The day after that, you're in Brooklyn. How do you find a gym everywhere? How do you find chicken and rice and green vegetables to eat every day? Not how to mention the families. Exactly. When you when you got kids and um, you know you're trying to raise them, but you can't really raise them except for with your money. To pay bills and provide clothes on the back. Yeah, and and always, you know, unfortunately, you know, you've seen some documentaries on some of the older wrestlers. Their their kids seem to have the hostility towards them for being on the road. Meanwhile, you really can't be mad at a human being for chasing their dream A and B. At the end of the day, they were you know doing what they could to supply for their family. You know, when you're you're making six figures for ten years to put your kid through high school and college, you know, how mad can you really be at me? I think I think it's just like the uh, morale thing, you know, not the financial thing, because a lot of uh, rich people who go out and they don't spend time with their kids is more of a uh, morale thing. Like you didn't teach me how to shave, you didn't teach me how to drive, you weren't there for me when I was when I hit my first home run, and then they overcompensate them with with expensive gifts. Yeah, and you know when you live your life, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just an expensive uh, thing that you have in your hand or you're driving. Yeah, hopefully they can come up. They'll probably never happen in our lifetime, but uh, form some sort of union, or maybe if not in WWE. Happen, yeah, if that doesn't happen, you know, you, you hope at some point the government regulates it and requires them to give each wrestler one month off every six or every four. Mm-hmm. And then you know, it's it's very easy to write somebody up a storyline for four weeks. Yeah, uh, four weeks of raw. If somebody's missing it. Mm-hmm. You can tape an interview one week. You mm-hmm. can have to get a tag a second week. It's very easy to do. And uh, you the know, other companies do that, though. Yeah, so you'll see, you know, the careers probably get become a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
what happens then is uh, the fans become a lot more attached to characters as well, which is unfortunately you know, my favorite sport is college basketball. And with the one and done rule, you're not seeing uh, fans become attached to players anymore. You're just a fan of the school. You don't know the players because you don't get a chance to, to see them grow over the four-year span anymore because the great players have gone for a year or two. Whereas in the 80s, Michael Jordan was at North Carolina for three years. You know, Jay Bills at Duke for three, four years. So, you know, you Patrick Ewing was at Georgetown for three, four years. So you became uh, attached to the player and the school. Now you're attached to the school. Yeah, it's more of a money uh, mentality. You know, some guys, they go to the school on loans and uh, grants, and they, they want to get paid, too, sure. you know, because college players don't get paid. And uh, they go through some kind of program where they get food and everything. But um, you being in the ring, uh, you brought your family out to the to the match. Yeah. Like, how, how was it telling your family that you're going to wrestle? Let alone you're going to wrestle with pro- these professionals being lined up with uh, Aaron Stevens, or should I say Aaron Rex and TNA, Damian Sandow, WWE, and Colt Cabana. Well, at first, you know, nobody believed it, and mm-hmm. it, and then as as time went on and it went to the second month and the third month of promotion, they were like, "Why wow, you really going to do this?" I'm like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, obviously you get the roll of the eyes. You're 33 years old. You're a businessman. You know, grow up. What are you doing? But, you know, the one thing that I think everybody can agree on, anybody who has a vision, is you, you never stop chasing your dream. And, you know, I didn't want to be a lawyer when I grew up. I didn't want to be a doctor when I grew up. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. So, uh, And this is your fallback plan? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you're very successful as far as fallback. So, yeah. uh, you know, one day I was just driving around and, you know, I work out, stay healthy. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So, uh, you know, contact the NCW guys. You know, we've done a lot of work with here through the restaurant. And they said, if, you know, if I'm serious about it, you know, we can do it. Okay. And you trained at their... Uh... San facility up in Jobham. Okay. Yeah, uh, Ken Dixon training mostly. Dixon line guys, the Bruiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all great guys. Neil Rush. So, I mean, all That's guys. an awesome dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I, mean, I couldn't believe how young he was. Yeah. Um... I, I was mind blown. I mean, that guy's going to make it big. I met him right before, him and Patrick, right before they got famous when they were Sudden Impact. And then, you know, Patrick was on that Tough Enough show, then he got let go, and Hogan got fired because of controversial comments, and Leo Rush blew up big. He's the first two-time back-to-back Shamrock, uh, MCW Shamrock Cup winner. And I see him on Ring of Honor. Even Snoop Dogg blew him up on um, Instagram. He's big, man. He's going to make it big. He'll, He'll be a household name. I think he already is in, in certain three years. Yeah, I mean he'll be, uh, especially the WWE goes through with the cruiserweight division. There's no reason why that guy won't have that scrap in a year or two. Yeah, I think he might be in the second or third edition. Right now they're making a women's tournament, from what I hear. Okay. Um, but you know, you took your family out there. You told me that your family was very, very concerned when it was like D Day. Yeah, it took my family. Um, all, my, all the customers came from here. People came from out of town. <laughs> and, uh, they, you know, at this point, obviously, they're probably expecting, okay, you know, John comes out, he has music, mm-hmm. he hits somebody with a stunner and gets out of there. But that was your finisher? No. That's what everybody's expecting, sure. Okay. Or an RKO, something more traditional, something mainstream that you see on ESPN or whatever. Okay. So, uh, you know, we the one thing that we wanted to make sure happened was we wanted, we wanted to take the audience for a ride. Oh, so, man. So, uh, you know... Obviously, we filmed the promos for a long time. Mm-hmm. Things got real personal. And we blurred that line between what's real and what's not. Okay. You know they, uh, they you know destroyed some property here. You know, they mentioned my you know my late father. It got real personal. Wow. My family was contacted the recent. Like, hey man, like 
who are these guys coming to the bar? You better, you better f them up. <laughs> and now uh, you know, people from like Philly and New York, same kind of thing. You better mess these guys up, dude. Like I can't believe you let them leave your bar. Yeah. I'm like, hey man, if you want to see me, give my revenge. Make sure you're there on June oh, at did? the NCW Arena. And here's a link for the tickets. <laughs> you sold a lot of tickets. Didn't so you? we brought them right into there and. You know, they beat the hell out of me for probably 10 or 15 minutes of the match, if you ever get a copy of it. I saw the pictures, though. And, uh, you know, they kept doing, you know, the heel maneuvers and bringing me back to the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, they had me seeing stars a couple times. And uh, Justin Schlegel, same thing, too. You okay. know, he was, uh, you know, doing the outside interference kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the employees, uh, the customers, especially my family, were just irate. You, I could hear them cussing and... They were throwing, uh, you know, crab mallets in the ring. My mom was crying. <laughs> My godson was crying. And then finally, at the end, you know, we, we did the big comeback, and the, the place exploded. It was, uh, it was a very unique feeling. It's something that I feel like everybody should experience once in their life. Not to mention, you actually did a death-defying uh, a high-risk maneuver. Yeah, I went off the top rope to the outside. You know, Sandow convinced me to do that backstage. Uh, you got a lot of ideas. He's a brilliant man. I, I met him in uh, t- I met him in Russell Pro in Jersey, and then I saw him again in Tier One in Brooklyn. And we, him and I had a talk, and I, I saw him in the back. And uh, I'm sorry to break lines, but he was just like, "Man, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that?" And I'm just like, yeah, we had we had a match ready to go. We had a, you know 25 minute match ready to go. It was a four on four, and uh, he just you know pretty much in, in the most respectful way possible. Mm-hmm. And we were all on board with it. Scrapped the entire thing, and he's like. And, and, and it worked, you know. He got the crowd to really hate, you know, the heels. And then when that big comeback happened, and it was it, the place, you know, blew up. Well, awesome. one thing I liked about you also when I saw the pictures where you had these uh, Greek tights. Yeah. Um, which were modeled because of your heritage. Yeah, which, believe it or not, that was like a last, last minute decision. Um, you know, because I was so focused on the actual training and the match <laughs> that. You know, the morning of, I was like, you know, F, I don't have an outfit. Mm-hmm. So, um, those were a gift from a, a buddy of mine named Scott who used to run the Adidas MMA line. Okay. So, he was like, hey, man, you know, I got, I got the Greek key here. So, he gave me them as a gift, and I've never worn them. I've had them sitting there for like three years. So, the day of, you know, I put like four or five different outfits into, into the gym bag, you know, headed to the arena. And about 10 minutes before we went out, uh, RJ, the bruiser, said, no, man, you got you to gotta go with the Greek thing. Okay. Before that, I was going with the MMA-style shorts. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, and I had you know, the MMA wraps and everything. He goes, no, man, you're Greek, you, and you're proud to be Greek. Everybody knows you're Greek. Mm-hmm. you got to wear the Greek key. I agree. So, you know, I was like, you know, well, the, the white clash, is, I'm wearing all black. He's like, wear the Greek key. <laughs> and then yeah, it, and it, it's, it's funny how the, you know some of the best decisions in anybody's life are just these spur-of-the-moment decisions. So, you know, my family in Greece was real happy with that when they saw it. They flew in from Greece? No, but, you know, they were contacting me because they, they saw the videos on Facebook oh, okay. and social media and then on the website. And then when I went there recently to visit, they were like, you know, that was awesome that you wore the Greek key out there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, I, that really was just not planned. I have probably three or four outfits that I was going to wear before that. Yeah. And that was like a, about ten minutes before I went out there. I, I changed that up. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I think personally there should be a Johnny Crab Cakes uh, figure after <laughs> your look in the, in the Greek tights. And then also, one thing um, I asked the employee about the other night was your Crab Cake City shirt that's modeled after Suplex City and Brock Lesnar. I could not believe it when is I saw it, it. Is it or is the Suplex City shirt modeled uh, after it the can Crab be, Cake It can City be the shirt. same thing. It's funny because anytime like a, 
a non-wrestling fan is in the bar or in, or in the restaurant, and uh, they, they've obviously all seen the Crab Cake City shirt to this point, both versions of it, the green and the red, which Brock may or may not have copied as well, they always do a double and triple take, and they're, they think that the WWE copied our T-shirts. Oh, man. And in fact, we've got we've got probably seven or eight shirts that we've you know modeled after WWE shirts. Mm-hmm. We've done the John Cena champ is here one with, oh, the, wow. with the Jimmy's belt. I mean, I'm a, obviously I'm a huge wrestling fan and I'm a bigger fan of their marketing and the way that they tie the fans into the product. Yeah, and that's been you know my biggest thing with the turnaround of this place is if you're a customer here, you're part of us. You come in here one time, you're part of the family. I felt that way, and that's what, that's that's what we want everybody to feel. Like, you just gotta get them in here one time, man. Mm-hmm. It's not the best destination. I'm not gonna you know hide a you know lie about that. It's the best seafood restaurant nobody, in Baltimore. Nobody, nobody's walking here by accident. You gotta get in the car and make a decision. I'm going to Jimmy's today. It's, you're not at the bar up the street or the, or the restaurant up the street or across the street. You know, you, you're like I'm going to Jimmy's, and then when you when you come in here, it's our job to make you feel as welcome as possible, and to get you a Crab Cake City shirt, you know, to get you a Jimmy's hat. To, to, to learn your first name, to know where you're going to school, you know, to know your job. That's that's our job. Okay, well, I think a lot of people would know Shinblade of Shy Lounge and what I do going on the road and reporting. So they would know at least about uh, a couple months later. But this is the best, uh, the 2016 seafood restaurant of, I think, not only Maryland, but of a certain region. You guys won a big award. Yeah, it's actually the we won the 2016 Bar of the Year for the entire state of Maryland. Yes, and it's not some rinky dinky, uh, you know, 500 people voted in a poll, you know, craft contest. This is from the Restaurant Association of Maryland. Yes. So, in the history of the Restaurant Association, which every bar and restaurant must belong to, okay, there's only been one establishment that's won Restaurant of the Year mm-hmm. and Bar of the Year. Okay. And that's us. So, in the history of the state, only one place has been able to basically unify the titles the way Jericho did, and that's us. You won it both in one year? Well, you can't win them both in one year. Okay. But there's only, you can win them. Nobody's won them 10 years apart. Nobody's won it 20 years apart. Okay. Nobody's won it 30 years apart. There's only one place that's ever won both, and that's right here. Uh, what was, this year was Bar the Year? Bar the Year 2016, Restaurant the Year 2014. Oh, my God. So, but, but for uh, we're doing work, man. We're but, doing work. But for people in Baltimore, Maryland, or whoever comes to Baltimore, Maryland, come out check out uh, Jimmy Seafood. It's a great place. Um, it's so great that I get indecisive looking at the menu. That's so. and then everything is great. That's why you know there's so many cliches in the restaurant business. What's, what's fresh? Everything's fresh. What should I get? You can't go wrong. That's the truth here. There's, I mean, I stand by every item on that menu, every drink on our cocktail list, every dessert, every server, every bartender. You're going to get a phenomenal experience. You're not going to get the same experience yes. because everybody, the same way, you know, a hundred superstars are different, mm-hmm. but they're all great. Mm-hmm. I have a hundred, you know, superstars here with, uh, behind the bar, on the floor, in the kitchen, and they all have unique personalities and they all shine through in different ways. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I'm a. I've been interested in restaurants ever since uh, Gordon Ramsay's show, Kitchen Nightmares, because right. it made people more aware. And then also one of my favorite movies was called Chef mm-hmm. with John Favreau. But you know, Johnny, um, I love talking to you. I would like to come back for Survivor Series recap sure, with man. you. Uh, maybe maybe backlash if things go we'll good. Get RVD on here too when we do the Survivor Series show. Excuse me. We want to get we'll get RVD on here. Sure, sure. I would love to do that. I'm, I'm a dude. I'm a big fan of RVD. Yes, he's, he's going to do a stand-up comedy tour 
here right before SummerSlam. Uh, excuse me, Survivor Series. Okay, but um, also uh, you have another show coming up uh, next month in September. Not really a show, but it's uh, you know the day before MCW has their uh, yes, convention. Yes, so we'll have uh, Jim Ross and Cornette. Well, I actually got so much wrestling stuff going on. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the if truth. If you stumble across our Twitter page, you're not familiar with the restaurant. You probably think we're like an indie promotion or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, we got so many wrestling jokes on there, and all our cocktails. Have you seen our drink list? I try to retweet every night as it's, much it's all, as I can. It's all it's all wrestling inspired, you know, drinks. And obviously, if you look at the Wall of Fame here, it's all you know, football players, basketball players, and pro wrestlers. So, oh, uh, also. Uh, you guys are fans of Baltimore Ravens and the Orioles. Of course, yeah, I'm a fan okay. of the Ravens and Orioles by uh, by osmosis because of where I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. They had the uh, Norfolk Tides, so right. I just became that. And um, I'm a big fan of Adam Jones. So one day on the all season, I would love to get Adam Jones on my show. I'm sure he would do. Amazing. Um, he is a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, I just gotta get to the right people though. Cause, I you know, I'll make it happen for you. Oh, thank you. But um, John, um, Johnny, please. Give the fans your uh, social media. Your, uh, where check they can us find out on Instagram at Jimmy Seafood. Mm-hmm. So the double S right there where it gets tricky. Uh, same thing on Twitter, Jimmy Seafood double S, and then uh, of course we're on Facebook at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And we got a YouTube channel that we probably got to get a little work done too. But. Oh, don't worry. Um, I like to help you on that one as much as I can. Not only I do podcasting reporting, but I net- network and then also try to uh, you know give back as far as helping. You know. I, I love helping updated. people. Got a lot of videos. I get them back on the YouTube channel, so it's hard to run all the pages at once. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do the same thing. Once winter comes, my indie wrestling travels will be limited because I have like two, three, uh, two, three promotions under my belt that I work for. But uh, like I said, you run a great restaurant. I would love if, if I could. I would bring a camera crew in here and put on my uh, shy blog. But thank you very much. Of course, man. Thank you. For and uh, I'll see you down the road. You got it, brother. Is Johnny a wrestling fan or what? I mean, goodness gracious, he's a big sports fan. We talked a lot in wrestling, WWE. We could have got into Ring of Honor, TNA a little bit more. But he just knows his wrestling. And personally, I have a new respect for him since uh, he he just has his mindset of, of knowing the business. I mean, he could be in the business. He could cater to WWE when they come to Baltimore in town. I mean, they're coming in a couple weeks. Uh, maybe we can make it happen, but, you know, a man can only dream. Many thanks to Johnny Crabcakes, a.k.a. John Minadakis, for that great interview. Uh, thanks to Lou Bills for that uh, song, All I Know. And, man, it's just been it's been overwhelming for Shinblade for uh, a couple weeks because I've been traveling. I've been getting new contacts. I've been doing new things. Promotions are opening up to me, so I'll be on the road uh, to new territory, new horizons. You know, I should say that horizons open up for me, which is pretty much a blessing. I'm still going to be the same me. I'm still going to be the same shin blade. Um, but honestly, really, you know, Johnny, excuse me, Jimmy Seafood is one of the greatest restaurants I've ever been to. I'm not saying that uh, to butter them up. I'm saying that because it's true. I feel comfortable watching the pay-per-views, good food, good eating. And personally to me, the Ray Rice roll, the Ray Rice sushi roll, sushi rolls are the uh one of my go-to uh dishes. 
And what's funny is that I, other than being named after Ray Rice, uh, I didn't know that Ray Rice had an allergic uh, allergy to shell, shellfish. Excuse me. I, I got to get that water. I, I was drinking the water while listening to the interview. Um, so the sushi roll comes with salmon, broccoli, sweet potato, and the roll of rice, which is which I like it, with teriyaki sauce. It, it makes my mouth water so I can continue to talk. But anyway, big pleasure uh, with Johnny Crab Cakes, uh, a.k.a. John Minidakis. I, I'm going to end up saying that for a while. So, you know what? He's going to be Johnny Crab Cakes on Shy Lounge because a lot of people... Uh, have their names that uh, that we used to uh, that I used to call them or still call them from the under the mat radio days, so I can call them. I'm here because uh, myself and Tag we came up with the names and you know grandfather the men. But anyway, I have a couple of upcoming dates to give you. Friday, August uh, was it August twenty eighth or whatever. No, <laughs> I'm looking at my clock here. I'm just losing it. Friday, August 26th, I will be at Baltimore Soundstage. Uh, I will have an exclusive interview with Jake the Snake Roberts, 2014 WWE Hall of Famer, wrestling legend on the whole. It's been uh, great to do that. I've been called to uh, interview the Snake Man, as, as the Ultimate Warrior would say. And speaking of Ultimate Warrior, I forgot to ask uh, Johnny Crab Cakes about his Mount Rushmore wrestlers since that was trending a couple months ago. One of his is the Ultimate Warrior, and surprisingly enough, we talked off tape and found out that one of them is Kurt Henning, which to me is a underrated talent. You know, he passed away in 2003. He, he meant so much to me, him and the hitman, Bret Hart, and a couple others. And also his son, uh, Joe Henning, who wrestles as Curtis Axel, is a phenomenal talent. My belief is that he's underrated, uh, not using him, but, you know, he can wrestle just like his father. Other than that, uh, the 27th of August, I will be at Field of Honor in Brooklyn, New York, along with being on Legend TV with Evan Ginsberg again, uh, having a wrestler panel and possibly doing Unger the Radar, which is a bonus episode because uh, Randy Unger, the host of Unger the Radar, and myself had a special episode in the dark at Madhouse Studios. Now, I don't think of uh, in the dark as in blackout. It was just that there was no electricity. So being that, it's going to be uh, available to you uh, probably a couple days after this episode. I don't want to oversaturate anything, but I got I, I got it. Um, I'm breaking down again to say that. I'm feeling good, you know, Shinblade is, is getting a lot of things coming in, so if the episodes come few and far between, I apologize, um, it, it's just the way it is, I release my episodes on a journalistic basis, um, you know, when I snag an interview, I release it, so I'm not competing with anyone, I'm just doing it for me, and that's the problem that I have with certain people, you know, people try to call Shinblade out and say that Shinblade's trying to be famous, you know, he's this and he's that. And I say, no. I mean, I like the wrestling business. I like the entertainment business. I like to do it for fun. I'm not doing it for money. I mean, of course, I like to get paid for it or pay for my travels. But it's all well and fine. I mean, in this life, you know, you got to do what you love first. You know, I mean, you, you got to put love first in what you're doing. If you're doing it for money, chances are you're not going to make it. And it's, it's true to life. I've seen so many people with great talent. Um, well, good talent, great talent actually makes it with good talent, do things for money, do what they, what they want to do for money. And they just, uh, inherently fail, which is, you know, 
which is tragic. But, you know, life goes on. We have to pick ourselves back up. So, anyway, uh, thank you, Johnny Crabcakes, for the interview. Thank you, Lou Bills, uh, for the song. And I'm going to go because I got some more work to do. And maybe I can put out that bonus interview if I cut it short. So, being that said, I am the Sensational One Shinblade of Shy Lounge. And I'm out. I want to, I want to.